Imagine having the life of your dreams. Not temporary cash and glory, but happiness and inner peace. Explore new ways to be a creator and take your own journey into greatness. Is it possible? What does it take to make that happen? It takes the person known for extreme results. He's called the cage breaker and the ultimate catalyst. Coming back from the brink of death and now crushing it for himself and his clients, this is your Ultimate Life Podcast with Kellen Flukiger. Hello and welcome to today's episode of Your Ultimate Life, episode 549. You know, we're nearly at the end of this series, 65-part series of Keys to Power, and I'm super grateful I got to do this. Keys to Power has been something I have played with for several years, and I did a little YouTube series called Keys to Power, and that's where I created this framework several years ago, and I never did a podcast, and each of those little videos was a lot shorter, much, much shorter, and I didn't really have the chance to dig in and explore all the stones, and I didn't have some of the intros and so forth, but I really like how this is formulated and come out, and I think... In fact, I'm sure I'm going to do a series of YouTube videos. So there's going to be 65 YouTube videos, and they won't be the same language because I have the outlines of what I want to talk about, and then I talk about them differently, and besides, video shows up differently than just an audio podcast. I don't think they'll be 15 minutes each. I think they'll be shorter, like 7 or 8 minutes, maybe 10. So I'm going to do them again, and I love it because it is impossible to talk about these things too much. I want you to think about that for a minute. Important things cannot be over-talked about, cannot be over-communicated. Here's how you know that. The, uh, the topic of love, which is the seventh pillar, the one we're working on right now, has been the subject of conversation, action, plays, dramas, books, wars, and everything else for as long as there has been uh, people, right? We know that sometimes in a good way, usually not, often in a selfish way, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But we know that that has been a forever topic. Now let's just talk about all the pillars for a minute. The first pillar is the pillar of choice. Well, that's about freedom, and that's been the conversation and topic of controversy and work forever. Again, as long as we've been. Alive, And the next one is the pillar of language. And that's been forever, right? And we have stories about the confusion of languages at the Tower of Babel. And, uh, you know, it's impossible for me to imagine how that would have been done. All, everybody's speaking one language and then suddenly everybody's speaking different languages and whatever. But whatever that is, language has been that topic and how to use language and how to communicate better and all of that has been forever and ever and ever. And that, so that's a fantastic thing. And the third one is pillar of truth. I mean, that has been talked about forever and ever too. What is truth? How do you come to truth? Do you, must, do you have to discover it yourself? Can you actually even know anything? All of those things. And the fourth one was the pillar of integrity. And that means consistency. You do what you say you're going to do. You are who you seem to be. And all of those, all of the things associated with that, and that's so powerful. And the next one was the pillar of presence, which is, there's two parts. One is the, 
you're present to, your understanding of things. And that might sound a little, you know, iffy or weird, but it, it isn't because being present to is more powerful, much more expansive than just understanding something. Being present to is a deeper understanding. It is being conversant and connected to all the realities associated with a certain situation. Anyway, we talked about that in in, in that pillar, and, and I'm not going to do that again here. But that pillar was important, and the pillar of service. We're wired and built by our creator to want to serve each other. We are. And doing that is so important um, because that's, that's what grows us as beings. And then the last one, of course, is the pillar we're building now, which is the pillar of love. So we see that these pillars are so critical. And, you know, I could have had the pillar of listening and the pillar of other things, but I picked these seven because I like seven and seven stones in each pillar. And so today we're in the middle, exactly in the middle of the pillar of love. And we did pillar of love or the stone, first stone was it's, it's a choice. We talked about awareness. We talked yesterday about a yearning and how that's so much more than just the physical yearning that we feel associated with romantic love and intimacy, but how much more it is about service and about the yearning to nurture and to give and to help each other grow and be all that we can be. Today, we're talking about the the stone of gratitude. Love is gratitude, and that is the fourth stone in the pillar of love, and there's three parts. I want to talk about uh, dependence, I want to talk about interdependence, and I want to talk about divine trust. And they're completely different uh, aspects of all this. When we're young, little babies, we're, we're completely dependent on somebody. And if we have good parenting, then there's people there and parents love us and that happens. If we have mediocre parenting, which is probably what most of us experienced, is some good and some bad parents who probably want to do something good and then are stuck with their own weaknesses, frailties, fears, and problems and weakness. And so they're really crappy at it. And, you know, I've asked myself sometimes in that context, why God gives babies to kids, 20, 22, 25-year-olds, like who don't really know anything about life either, right? I'm 65, going to be 66 in a few days, and I'm just barely feeling like I've got the tiniest of handle on life. Yet, you know, kids come when we're young and stupid in many sense. Another positive thing is we're idealistic and we think anything is possible. We have probably more energy and to deal with the, the things that are required with, you know, taking care of children and all that sort of thing. But there's just a lot of wisdom that comes later. But I don't think God made a mistake. I think it was for, for a lot of reasons. The energy is probably one of them. But the other is the idea that we as humans are going to be able to correctly raise some other human is ludicrous. We are filled with our own frailties and weakness. And that gets me to gratitude. I am so grateful. I am grateful beyond words that there is a divine plan, there is a divine creator, and that there is a way to uh, make whole, to repair, to help those kids. I mean, I had 10 kids. That's a lot compared to many. And I 
don't think I did a very good job as a dad. When I, part of the years I was a dad, I was trying really hard. I was focused. I was trying the best I could to be a great dad. And then my depression took over and I had years when I was an addict and really sucked. And so that, you know, dichotomy caused all kinds of problems. Even in the years I was trying, I don't think I was very good. So my gratitude is overwhelming that there is a way, there is a divine plan for each person, no matter where they've been, including my crappy parenting or yours, to connect with the divine, to discover, develop, and deliver our own divine gifts. And it doesn't depend on good or crappy parenting. That is a key discovery for which I can't even articulate or explain the depth of gratitude. So the first piece is when we're dependent, as either an infant, we're not even aware of it, but if we're dependent, that often can create resentment. And so, but at the same time, we're dependent on God. So how come we don't resent or we can get not in a place where we don't resent the divine. And that's what we're going to explore a little bit. If, if I am dependent on someone and they have control over me and I don't feel like I can do what I want, that develops resentment. So think about a relationship. You have a controlling husband or wife and you know, they, they try to exercise control and that causes resentment or parents and teenagers. If you have a teenager and the parent is too controlling and there's resentment and rebellion and on and on and on. So what what can happen there? Well, there's an, there's another phase. And if you think about Stephen Covey's seven habits, he has dependence, in, independence, then interdependence. And I'm not going to go through all those. If you want to understand the depth of that, go read his books. One of the f- fabulous books of the 20th century, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. That that One of the other things he talks about is interdependence. And that is the realization and gratitude that we are, in fact, interdependent. We are dependent on each other. I need you. You need me. The idea that we're fiercely independent and we can do everything ourselves is, is um, counterproductive to our own optimal development. That's the real truth. I was going to say it's stupid, and it might be. But it, what, it, what it really is is counterproductive to our optimal development. If I live completely independent from others and I grow my own food and I build my own stuff and I'm a self-made person all the way. I never learn the richness and texture of beautiful relationships that involve love, service, giving, and taking. There's a beauty and power in that kind of relationship, again, for which I'm staggeringly grateful. Interdependence teaches us cooperation and because that makes us more substantive people. It makes us realize the truth that alone we actually aren't anything. I mean, God created the world, organized the laws of physics and everything like they are. So they work for our benefit. The universe conspires for your good, even if you don't know it sometimes. And there were certainly many years and even decades when I didn't know it. But it's true and it does. So the idea of interdependence where we depend on and help and love and serve and bless each other is a powerful contributor to growth and true wisdom and development. And the idea that we can prove something by being, you know, wealthy or powerful, that we did it ourselves, is missing the richness and texture 
of the human growth experience. The last third part is the thing that I said was divine trust. And that is really the key. And think of the word surrender. If someone says the word surrender, depending on where you are in your heart, surrender could mean, no, I'll never surrender. Winston Churchill, never, never, never surrender. In some cases and contexts, that's true. In a larger context, it's not true at all. Because when you understand that the, the whole premise and context of our experience here in this world was built by the divine to include all the terrible difficulties and struggles and even atrocities that we see in the world, not because those are fair or good, because of course they're not, but because there's a much larger basket in which this whole experience takes place. Much larger growth and development opportunity and me demanding to know the answers and to have things according to how I want them and my, I call it MST, manner, size, and time, of retribution, restitution, blessings, opportunities is ludicrous. And so the only true stance, if you want to have your ultimate life of growth, of purpose, prosperity, and joy to serve others with your divine gifts, then surrender. Surrender to the knowledge that there is a divine plan. And sometimes when people hear surrender, they think, okay, let go and let God just, okay, God, take care of it. That isn't at all how my experience has been or anything that I've seen. It is what I mean by surrender is a furious, loving, excited, beautiful, powerful determination to do everything I can and joyfully imagine and create. Why? To add good to the world with the gifts and talents that I have. And when things go wrong, okay, yippee, what can I learn? What's next? And when I die in the hospital and I can't walk when I wake up, it's like, holy crap, this is not what I wanted, but I'm going to. Be grateful that I opened my eyes and be grateful that in the conversations that I had with God at the door between life and eternity, I got to say, yes, I want to stay. And if you want to know all about that, there's two books you can get on the website. One is Meeting God at the Door, Conversations, Choices, and Commitments of a Near-Death Experience, and the companion book called The Book of Context, which is all about how to change beliefs that you have that don't serve you. I know that gratitude has now become one of the huge operative and powerful forces in my life. Intertwined with that in the deepest possible way is the growing and blossoming love that I feel for you as a listener, that I feel for myself as a developing divine being with all my bustedness and flaws and all of that that's happened. Love of the divine for the insanely cool design of this whole experience. And I don't mean this 30 to 90 years we live here, 100 or 10, whatever it is. I don't even mean that. I mean that as a fractional component of this gigantic experience since our essence, our energy was put into form. And I don't really know how or when that happened. That's one of the mysteries we'll have to find out later after we leave this frame because we don't remember a lot of that. But gratitude is such a big piece of the pillar of love. 
the more gratitude you feel for yourself, for your struggles, for others, for their struggles, for the divine, for your gifts, for your talents, for your opportunities to serve. Wow, the more gratitude you feel, the more love you can have. Why does that matter? Well, love is the greatest power there is. So if you want power, which is what this whole thing's about, keys to power, building your palace of power, why? To create your ultimate life. Gratitude is a giant conduit to having more love. More love gives you more power, more opportunity to serve, and a bigger conduit and path to your ultimate life. Open your heart in this time around. Thank you for listening to today's episode. We hope that you take it deeply into your heart and decide for yourself how you can create anything you desire. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to this podcast and share it with your friends. As always, we'd love to hear your feedback and topic suggestions. Until tomorrow, this is Your Ultimate Life with host Kellen Flukiger. Stand with your heart in the sky and your